and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of 9 to 42 in the fact that it's just me and Jace. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello. I'm going to ask how the devil you are before I talk to somebody else because there's nobody else here. Oh, uh, um, good, I think. Um, my office is now uh, just a collection of cardboard boxes, as you can see behind me. I can see behind you. Uh, there's also a massive bag of tea bags. To avoid the uh, we can't get any tea scenario um, for on site. Have you been panic buying Yorkshire tea? No, no, it is my on site shopping that's behind me. Right. So it was just fortuitous then? It was very fortuitous, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of like, there's food and, well, snacks and drink for my crew. Um, and there's also things like 300 pairs of earplugs to go along mm-hmm. with the however many hundred I didn't use last year. And that's, to be fair, if, if you're wondering what's happening and why we're even talking to you, I mean, the first thing you might be wondering is why why hasn't there been a 942 episode for the last three or four weeks? And that's a very good question. <laughs> so uh, we'll address that very good question uh, in a moment. You might be wondering why we're talking about tea bags. Um, in which case, where have you been? <laughs> there's a, there's a whole tea there's a whole tea drama going on out there, um, in, in, and actually Alison dragged us last night to uh, to get tea. We have about four boxes of Yorkshire tea, uh, just in case, because that would be that literally would be the end of the world. That's actually worse than the the toilet roll problems at the beginning of COVID. <laughs> that is. Um, but we'll start at the top. We'll start at the top. We're behind on 9.42 because we went to Nam, didn't we? We did go to Nam, and we had a really good time. We had a fantastic <laughs> time. And it's the second time we've gone as a... as a, as a Don't say couple. An industry couple. <laughs> an industry couple. Yes, that'll do. Well, that all right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we felt like a couple while you were trying T-shirts on, and I was just sat there for an hour. <laughs> It's a great shop. It is a great shop. We ought to name check that shop, actually. If you find yourself in... It's Long Beach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You need to go to... Butterscotch. Which is amazing. It is the most... And I, even, I mean, I'm not I'm not as into that kind, that style of clothing as you are, but it is an incredible, incredible outlet. It is. I love it. It's one of my favourite shops in the whole world. What would you classify that style? Oh, um... I I don't know. I suppose it, there's an element of sort of like um, biker, yeah, chic maybe. But yeah, a bit of biker chic. But a yeah. bit of sort of like urban outlaw. Yeah, yeah, a bit of that. Yeah, a bit of that. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, there's a bit of that kind of um, sort of print played kind of jackety type thing going on as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a cool shop. It's a wee bit cowboy, really, isn't it? It is a little bit cowboy. It's very Americana. Should we just call it that? Yeah, it's very American. Yeah, yeah, yes. It uh, it suits you. It suits you, sir. <laughs> um, and you were you were trying on hats as well, which I found hilarious. Oh, I love a good Stetson. Because you gig in a hat, don't you? I do gig in a hat. Yeah. 
it's, it's, like, I, I get really frustrated with bands that don't put any effort into how they look on stage. Right. It's show business, ultimately. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, and, yeah. you know, um, most of the public watch with their um Listen with, with their, their eyes. They, they listen with their eyes. So you've got to look good first before they'll listen to you. Right. And is that how you keep the crowds flocking back? <laughs> it's the hat. It's the it's hat. It's just the hat, yeah. We were very close to another hat purchase, weren't we? It was a, it was a it nearly happened. It nearly did, yes. But tell everybody what you did buy while you were there. Bought a resonator. You did buy a resonator. You you uh, were off shopping, um, I don't know, looking for Crocs or something. I was Funko Pop shopping. Uh, Funko Pop shopping. And I went into Guitar Centre, not with the intention of buying anything at all, um, just looking. And I ended up in the acoustic department because the Guitar Centre was pretty crap, to be yeah. honest. Um, and they got these three black, uh, not metal resonators, wooden resonators uh, and they got like a cheap one a mid-priced one and an expensive one and obviously i went for the cheap one and i just picked it up uh, predominantly just to kill time and i was like god this is really nice mm-hmm. uh and then i played the mid-priced one and the expensive one and i kept going back to the cheap one and then you came in and you were like that sounds really nice how much is it so quick calculation on the phone and it was 212 pound and 50p so I bought it. I mean, no thought as to how you were getting it home. No, none whatsoever. Particularly as you got an internal flight to do, two internal flights, no, one internal flight to do mm. in between. Yeah, because I flew to Austin after LA. Yeah, so practicalities aside, because we did talk a little bit about the practicalities and then just kind of went, fuck it, didn't we? Yeah. So you did. I mean, I was egging you on. <laughs> I, I asked around if people would... British companies would be able to ship it back for me. But they'd all pretty much um, shipped back, well, shipped out like a full pallet with the Mm. intention of returning with a full pallet because you're not allowed to sell at NAMM. So I was a bit stuffed, so I thought I'd just try it. But I have to say in LA to Austin, Delta were brilliant. And then BA home from Austin to Heathrow, brilliant as well. Had it in the overhead with me. And we bought it on the first day, you bought it on the first day, which meant that we had a very enjoyable evening banging out Stones tunes. We did. Till, till whatever time in the morning on your new guitar. Yeah, it's great. We kept passing it between each other. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was very nice. So anyway, we were, for those who don't know, and you might not know, we, we make an assumption that everybody knows, but you might not know, there's a, pretty much the only trade show in the music instrument industry of size particularly for the rock and roll side of the industry, takes place in Anaheim in uh, in Southern California in January and is known as the NAM Show because it's run by an association called NAM, uh, the North American Music Merchants. That's it, yeah. Um, and they do this, this really impressive show at the Anaheim Convention Center, which is, which is next door to Disney. Yes. And, and, and by next door, we mean next door. You can see Disney from the hotel window. Yeah, you just cross over the road and you're at Disney. You are. And it's an incredible convention centre. And and this show in the past has had up to, what, 100, 110,000 attendees? 120 the year before COVID. Which is a stupid number of people. 
absolutely mm. stupid number of people. And it, it's an amazing show, and it's got all that. Uh, it's got all. It's got the best bits of the Yanks. Do it. It's it's the Yanks just going. We do everything, and we do everything massive. And there's palm trees everywhere, and there's live music going on all the time. And fifty percent of the of the people going just look odd. It's, there's no other way of no, describing. Fifty percent of the people going have got chinos on and a blue blazer. Yeah, but the other fifth. Well, that's odd in itself. <laughs> but then the but then there's another. There's a hardcore of maybe ten to twenty percent that are just a bit a very rock and roll, aren't they? Yes. It's, um, if rock and roll is defined by 1987. And rock and roll is defined by 1987, actually. Um, but I'm trying to think what came out in 1987. Probably nothing I like now. Uh, it was uh, Appetite for Destruction. I thought that was 86. No. Huh? Right, okay. So if rock and roll is, is is determined by Appetite for Destruction, then you, you, you're in a good place. Yeah. But we... And we've both been going for years, haven't we? Years and years and years. The entire A lot of the UK trade appears at NAMM. Uh, for that week, don't they? Because everybody likes a week in in Southern California in January. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's lovely. Um, so we've both been going for quite a while, but we've actually travelled together for the last couple of years, um, ever since we started doing this. And you you went out. I mean, what do you actually go out there to do as a, as an event organizer? Well, I used to go out to fill the last remaining stands at the guitar show, given that the guitar show is five weeks later, um, but I was full. Um, I didn't know that, of course, when I booked this in the summer, that I would be full. Um, so I was just going around saying hello to people, really, having a mooch, um, which is terrible. It's a long way to go just to say hello to people and have a mooch, but it's just kind of important, I think, to be part of the trade and be there. I also went to Joshua Tree to do stuff for Eleven magazine. You that did? Was, that was cool. Um, I went to uh, the... Grand Parsons Joshua Tree Inn. Um, so I, I've never been on a photo shoot before, not being a photographer or famous enough to have my photograph taken. Um, so that was really interesting. So I did it with uh, Eleanor Jane. Um, I basically moved guitars around while she shouted at me. It was great. <laughs> She's a bit fierce, isn't she? <laughs> Focused. Ah, oh, is that what we say now? <laughs> Right, okay. No, no, she's lovely. She's absolutely lovely. Um, well, she is when she's trying to organise you into a specific meal that she wants. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so we, we had a couple of um, Novo guitars and a Doug Cower guitar. And we went out to Joshua Tree. We took loads of photos. Uh, the second edition of Eleven magazine will be coming out at the guitar show. And, uh, and we were going to drop them off. On the way back, because obviously we can't take pictures at night, so we were driving back from Joshua Tree, and we were messaging the guys from Novo and Doug Cower, and they were like, I'll just bring them to the show tomorrow. So we ended up taking them back to my hotel room, and I realised I got like $12,000 worth of guitar in my hotel room. Um, I have to say that Novo I played was just spectacular. Mm. I didn't go out that night, I just sat on the bed playing the Novo. But like I say, it is four grand. Um, I'm not purchasing one. See, I've seen that face before. <laughs> you're just trying to justify it. That's all you're trying to do. Uh, no. How many extra people need to come to the show this year? <laughs> a couple of hundred will be right, fine. Okay. okay. 
And actually, on that subject, so we've we've and we we are roundabout trying to explain why there hasn't been a, a an episode um, in between. But we got a little bit tied up with our timelines and weren't able to get anybody guest wise. Hmm. And then obviously, since we've come back, we and and this it's like this takes us by surprise every single year. But we come <laughs> back with four weeks, four and a half weeks to go until the show. From yeah. one show to another show. Um, from Nam to Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> and then the the world just goes mental. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just me. So I have to do everything. And mm. I, I'm organised. I've got everything done that I need to get done. You've got tea. Uh, I've got tea, yeah. But my, my to-do list... Basically says chase, 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 chase. Yeah, because you know not everybody works on my timeline. No, well, but a lot of people will not have figured out that actually we're only what three weeks away. Yeah, well, a lot of people are figuring out now. It would appear um, <laughs> by the sense of panic. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it's quite amusing the amount of emails that I've had that say, "What? Well, what's my stand number?" Because they're all having to fill in electrics forms yeah. and, and, and name board forms and stuff like that. And I sit there and I want to type. It's the same as it was on the first invoice I sent you <laughs> and on the second invoice I sent you. And it's on the floor plan that I sent you. But I don't. I just go, yeah, it's stand number five. <laughs> and that's why people keep coming back to work with you, because you don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that. So... In terms of obviously second year at, um, at, at, at Cranmore, at Cranmore, yeah, uh, I was going to say Solihull actually, um, but yes, at, at Cranmore, um, which which is good because it's nice to be going back. And they certainly, from what I could tell last year, and from what you said, they seemed to it worked out very well, and they treated you very well, and it worked mm. for everybody who was there. So I think it's really nice to be going. Nice to be going back. It was um, so dif- so different for me uh, having to move there because of the fire, um, which is not ideal, particularly yeah. as I was kind of like halfway through the process of running the event at the time. Um, but uh, the the difference, uh, I love Bingley and I love the people that work there. I'm fully aware of exactly what the venue was and everything. But when I got to Cranmore on the first morning last year, and they went. This is your health and safety manager. This is your floor manager. This is your head of security. This is your head of car parking. And I was like, blimey. I used to have to be all of those people. Mm. Um, so it was quite quite nice. Mm. And it's a venue to grow into. Well, I have. The show is 20% bigger than uh, last year's show, uh, which is cool. And I've got a third hall reserved for next year. Which in of itself is massively exciting, and of course, none of that happens at Bingley, does it? That that I mean, no, you'd ma- you'd max out Bingley. Yeah. So you've you've also just uh, while we're on the subject, you've just uh, finalised the live stage lineups. I have finalised the live stage lineup. Yes, um, this is quite exciting. Um, is it live yet? Is it on the website yet? Yeah, it's on the website now. So, uh, Did I just say website? I think uh, <laughs> quite, quite possibly. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, a lot of these acts. It's very difficult when you're planning the live stage because guitar is not genre specific. 
No. So, uh, and, you know, the acoustic is as important as the electric to the show. Um, so it's trying to sort of like balance it and, you know, balance it with um, what's available as well, um, what's affordable. Uh, so I think I've got a nice mix, you know, got Digital John back because he was incredibly popular last year. Um, got the guys from that pedal show back, which I'm really pleased about. They haven't done the show for a couple of years. Um, uh, and like uh, artists like Chantal McGregor and John Brown, um, you know, it's, I think it's a nice mix. I'm just looking down the list now, actually. Mm. Um, so, and, and a few names there I don't recognize. Um, some some people I do, some people that have been there before. I'm, I'm obviously doing that thing where I scan down to find the names I'm not going to be able to pronounce, even if I practice <laughs> for the next three weeks. Nico Tosnev. Uh, uh, yes, Nico's one of them. Uh, and Alexander. Um, uh, Alexander Misko. Misko. Oh, Misko, I can probably just about manage that. So so starting on the Saturday, then, we, we, we start with Will Griff, and that's uh, um, Patrick James Eggle. Um, yeah, he's artist. 15. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about prodigiously talented teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, you know, that, uh, I, mean, I mean, supportive generally, obviously. Of course I am. You know, but there, there comes a point if they're too good. <laughs> um, but so we start with, with Will Griff. I'm sure it's going to be lovely. Then uh, Alexander Misko comes out, and that's a Didario artist. Yeah, so that's, um, that's that acoustic tapping. Oh, I don't know what they're styles called but you know what i mean where they hit the, the guitar as well as hitting the strings and it's as equally percussive as it is plucked yes um, well they're everywhere aren't they they're using mm. every single bit of the it's like the equivalent of a chef literally cooking everything from the chicken isn't it yeah yeah uh, it's lovely really. analogy <laughs> uh it's very impressive i find I, I, I yeah very impressive then digital john's gonna pull up and be and be digital john and he is so engaging yeah um, so tell me something about an adventure in tone then. So this is something that Noisy Hammer, who are, uh, I suppose, a boutique amplifier manufacturer, uh, wanted to do. Um, that They wanted to talk about how you shape your tone uh, and how you achieve your own personal tone sort of, sort of thing. And, and it's not just about the amplifier, obviously. It's about the strings, so rotor sounder involved. It's about the guitar. So fidelity guitars are involved. And it's about the pedals that you use. So funny little boxes are involved. Great Eastern effects are involved. And these, the thing that I really like about sort of like the boutique world is these are people that have got so obsessed of chasing down perfection that they are, they're not mass produced anything. It's just this drive for perfection. So I, I think you get really you'll get a lot of really good information out of people that are obsessed yeah. with chasing tone. Yeah. I No, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to that's gonna be really interesting, actually. Uh, Schechter, um, uh, bring along John Brown. Yeah, I've done that especially for Gareth, one of the guys with the horn. He's a big fan. Right. And then we're going to close out Saturday with the Dave Simpson trio. And I know nothing about the Dave Simpson trio. Well, Dave Simpson um, presents for Anderton. has got his own YouTube channel. Uh, he... His girlfriend, Cece, um, also is a YouTuber, TV presenter for Anderson as well, I think. Um, and Carl 
um, came to me and said, could we put on the Dave Simpson trio? They'll be using Carl Longbottom guitars and Emprise amps. And I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. He's got a big following. Cool. Uh, and then in, in sort of on to Sunday, um, Faith Guitars are bringing Patrick Hines. Yeah. Also, obviously, acoustic guitarist, uh, really talented player uh, and teacher as well. Um, vintage bringing Blair Dunlop. Blair Dunlop, singer-songwriter, um, just about to launch his new album. Uh, he did record an EP with Larkin Poe, uh, one of my favourite current bands. Um, kind of rootsy, folky singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ortega bringing, now, is it Chemish? Daniel Chemish, Chemish? yeah, Daniel Chemish. Yeah, so um, they've just launched some resonators. Um, coincidentally, they might as well have just waited. Um, <laughs> same sort of thing. They look fantastic, and he's got he's got like a great a great raspy kind of voice to go along with a um, great player as well. I'm just looking at a picture of that guitar. I just look, assuming that's the he's playing one of the reins they brought out. That looks yeah. really nice. It's quite a small body, isn't it? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do a couple of different ones, but it's their new range for this year. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because actually, Ortega have been more into the kind of the slappingy style artists, haven't they? Of late, the last couple well, of times, they bought Billy Watman, haven't they? A couple yeah, of they times. Have. Yeah. Okay. And then um, uh, Nico, and, and and that surname that you're going to have to say, because even tired. <laughs> All right. So that's an even an even even tired artist. Yeah. So uh, it's source distribution in the UK. So they distribute both Even Tide and Vega Trem. Uh, and Nico has played for Stephen Wilson on some of his album cool um and then chantal mcgregor yeah the lovely great. chantal who was on earlier in the in the in this series uh, yeah and i'm really looking forward to seeing chantal and she's actually around here very shortly yes. doing doing that show with ainsley yes um that'll be good and then as you say finishing off on the uh on, on the four o'clock on the sunday with that that pedal show which would be a lovely way to finish yeah so they're bringing a band Right, wow. So they're going to perform songs and then they're going to talk about tone and tone shaping in between songs. Mick uh, messaged me today and said, how long have we got? And I went, you're on last, mate. You can just keep going. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really mind. Yeah. Well, we can all be packing up downstairs while they carry on. Yeah. (laughs) You know, wait for the venue to kick us out. (laughs) Well, I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously you've very, very kindly asked me if I'll uh, float around and introduce people. Yes. Um, you know, and then gone away and booked a load of people whose names you knew I would struggle with, which I always think's harsh. <laughs> um, but it, it's just what you do. Uh, but I'm quite, I'm quite giddy. I mean, it, it is. We are getting close, aren't we? We are. We are. It's going really well. Like I say, the show is sold out. It's been sold out for months. Um, if you've been watching the exhibitor list and you keep seeing lots of new names, they're not new names. They're just people who haven't sent me their logos until the last week or right. so. Because right. um, uh, I ripped the piss out of you about that the other day, didn't I? Because you rang me and I said, will you stop, literally, stop <laughs> on my Instagram timeline with a new exhibitor announcement every 12 seconds? Mate, I'm an influencer now. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. No, no, seriously, Meta uh, messaged me um, through my Meta business page and said there'd been so much interaction on my uh, Facebook and Instagram linked accounts that uh, they'd like to make me an official influencer. <laughs> I'm like, have you met me? 
that's made me cough. That is that is that is one of the funniest things I've heard. Mm. Um, that is literally one of the funniest things I've heard. Bearing in mind, I saw you strop out of a bedroom at whatever time on that first morning, and you didn't want to talk to anybody. And it was only the fact I'd made a pot of coffee that I think we even we even you know had dialogue for the first hour and a half of that morning. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you came out, and you'd kick me out of the decent bed. <laughs> Bedroom. I'd well, you know what the, I mean. So we had yeah. an Airbnb. We had an Airbnb. There was three of us in this Airbnb, and we got there, and, and there was two two really nice double rooms, and then there was this strange room that had a double queen size bunk bed. In fact, it wasn't even a double queen size bunk bed. The bottom half of this bunk bed was a king size, and the top half was a queen size. <laughs> Now, only in America would anybody think that was an idea. And then there was a single bed, right? And this, this double bed was so big that if you'd gone on the top, you would have cracked your head on the ceiling. And if you'd gone on the bottom, because it was a metal frame, I would have sat up and concussed myself within five minutes. So I ended up on this single bed in this room with enough people to, you know, literally. Yeah, it, it, was, it was for five-a-side football team, this room. <laughs> Uh, and 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 everybody very politely said, "Oh, I don't mind which one." And then you bagsied one of the doubles. The other double got bagsied, and then I'm left with the with the odd room. Such is life, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's not happening next year. I tell you. <laughs> and then you had the audacity to appear next morning looking grumpy until you got a coffee. Yeah, well, you know, I've been up for like thirty hours and I had to drive for hour and a half. Yeah, but then you did the same thing you did last year where you slept really well and I slept really badly all week. I didn't get jet lag at all. And you kept saying, oh, I've had to set my alarm this morning, <laughs> which is the worst thing you can say to somebody who's got jet lag. Somebody who's waking up at 3.30 every morning. Oh, no, I need to be somewhere for nine. I better set my alarm. Oh, honestly. I don't know how I managed to avoid it. I didn't get namthrax and I didn't have jet lag this year. No, no, because a lot of people came back with COVID and... Um, mm from what I've heard and yeah we, we did quite well with that bit of it but right well um, in terms of 9.42 what we're planning on doing is we were hoping to get to about 10 episodes per season and I don't know how many we've done on this one without checking might be 7 or 8 so I think we're going to try and do 2 or 3 after the show aren't we yeah yeah I just um, I, I, like you say it approaches every year but like my life in February is just mental um, I tend to stay here in my office until half five, go home, have my tea, and then work again in the evening. Yeah, I do know this because we've had these conversations before at this this time of the year, and, and getting you is hard, actually hard work. Um, but actually, do you know what? It's terrible. We've not done seven or eight. We've done five. We need to come back and do a few more. Yeah, um, we will. So we'll 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 definitely pick back up after the show. You have to give us a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of scope because we're not, we're probably not going to get one done now before before the show. So it's probably going to be mid March when we we hook back up with you. But we'll aim to do another another sort of uh, five at that point in time. We have got people lined up just trying to make diaries work. And could we have got one done? Possibly, you know. It, but but the the two people we were waiting on the diaries didn't work. But we do have people lined up. Um, including actually, because we bumped into him at at, um, at Nam, we're hoping to speak to Rabir again, aren't we? We are. Well, you uh, bumped into him. I didn't. 
Yes, and reminded him that he he'd been on the very very first one, um, or one of the very first ones, and we'd interviewed him in Bingley Hall in that room with the cat litter train, <laughs> and maybe we could try for something a little bit more salubrious this time. So, um, so that the he's certainly on the list of people to talk to. Uh, we're we're overdue to speak to uh, Luke Morley, who uh, obviously was at the show last year, and we were going we wanted to get on and have a have a chat with. Uh, and there's even there's even talking of Nam. There's even a possibility we might be able to persuade their president and CEO, who's a really nice chap called John, uh, to come on and have a chat with us as well. So we would be able to give you a bit more insight into the show and and what goes into creating a, a you know a, a music show for a hundred plus a hundred thousand plus people. Oh mate, I've got so many event nerdy questions that we'll probably have to edit out. Yeah. We'll have to do a, an extra, an extra, a bit of an episode for the event nerds and just get people to put their hands up. Um, yeah. But like, but like the old days, we delivered it in a brown paper envelope. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'll leave you to it. Uh, thanks to everybody for uh, staying in touch. Apologies, we've we've been a bit flaky uh, last few weeks, but it, it is what it is. I think the other things we we we've talked about whether next time around for for season four. We, we, we set ourselves a target of 10 and start early enough that we can finish at NAM. that essentially at the point when we travel in January, by then we'll have at least recorded everything on the season, even if it's not gone out, because this is the second year on the bounce we've bumped into this and we should we should have learned from our our previous experience, really. Yes, indeed. You know, And then the only thing to leave you with is we've both got tickets to go and see Jason Isbell. <laughs> we have. Which I'm dead excited about. I'm going twice. I'm going to Wolverhampton and Manchester. You are, aren't you? Yep. Mm. Coming up to, to yes, it'll be uh, the Manchester experience again, uh, and then uh, and then yeah, Wolverhampton. Which you never know. I might end. Is it sold out Wolverhampton yet? Don't know. I might end up chucking an extra one in and coming down to that one as well. I, don't, I quite fancy Stockton though. You know, I don't know why. I've just quite fancy going to see him in Stockton. I have no idea where Stockton is. It's in it's Middlesbrough way. It's just south of Middlesbrough. That's a bloody long way from Birmingham, mate. It's a weird place for a gig, which is why I'm fairly interested in going, actually. I didn't even know there was a venue there for a gig of that size. So, I don't know, I might, I might toddle to Stockton. Oh, you never know. enjoy. I'll, I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> right, if I don't see you before, I'll see you, I'll see you in uh, Solihull in a couple of weeks. All right, mate, see you then. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production.